why we're here, why, why are you here, what's so special. A um, lot of non-Jewish people, Gentiles, want to know why you do this. Why do you hold on to some of your Jewish traditions when you don't need to? We do it because it's biblical. We do it because God made us Jews and Gentiles, but he wants us to keep our vision and reaching our people. So the question is, why is today something special? Why are we here? Uh, You are not here today or tonight for the party. And I always tell the bar and bat mitzvah that and the parents because uh, in my world, before I was saved, and even today, bar bat mitzvahs become a big, big affair. It's a social status and how big and how nice you want to make it. And, and there's only one thing usually missing in bar bat mitzvahs. Anyone know? God. Anyway, um, in our bar bat mitzvahs, they become cultural, and we lose really what it is. So there's usually a party, and, uh, and, I, and I tell the parents that I don't do parties. I like parties, I just don't do them. We have bar and bat mitzvahs for another reason, not for the party. The party's nice. And I always tell the parents, whatever you choose to do before uh, in the uh, kiddish in the morning, for the party after, that's up to you. I could care less what you do. I really could. There's only one important thing for me is when the boy or girl, young man or woman, stand up here and says they believe in Yeshua. As far as I'm concerned, as soon as they say, I believe in Yeshua, for me, Good, amen, you can sit down, it's over. That's the most important thing. It's not a party. It is part of our rich culture and who we are, part of our tradition, part of our history. It's a time to worship God, but it's more importantly, like I said, it's when a young man or woman says, should be saying, and the whole concept is, we joke about it, young men say, today I am a man. Today you became a man, right? Anyway, you didn't really today become a man, but in a sense, you become responsible today. Uh, Your mom taught you about the faith, and in theory, you're supposed to be able to say, though, my mom and dad taught me about the faith. Now it's mine. I own it. And I'm telling all of you, I own it. Today, Jewish people, in order to have a service, you have to have 10 men. Uh, 10 men to be able to have a service. 10 men pray. It's called a minion. And they get that from Abraham who bargained with God for 10 men. But you cannot have a service without 10 men. Actually, I've flown to Israel before and I've been in the sections where we're in, in Canada and different while we wait to go to Israel. And Jewish people sometimes get together and they want to have a service and they're looking for a 10th man to be able to pray and have a service. You need 10, a minion, to do that. But if you haven't had your bar mitzvah, you don't count. Because when you become a man, then in theory you're responsible, and that's what it means to be able to uh, be part of a service. When you have your bar mitzvah, you can officially wear a tallit, the prayer shawl. This prayer shawl, that's just what it is, it's a prayer shawl. And we symbolically say we're wrapping ourselves in God's word. The rabbis tell us it's the 613 commandments, we expand it to the word of God. Today you're responsible. Now, what I'd like to, today, in theory, you, you've taken on your faith that you are responsible, you believe in God, you believe in the Messiah, and it's yours alone. What i like to do is share really quick if I can, which, you know, I can't, but I'll try. Okay. Two things. What I always like to share. One is a message for Lucas. This is just for you. I love to share this with you when I think and I'm preparing, I'm thinking about during the week. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about you. And so you could all listen in. Some of it might apply to you, but it's specifically for you. 
And I'd like you in years to come say, Rabbi Larry spoke directly to me. And that's what it is. And so if I can, first, let's uh, take a quick look in your outlines. If you have it, you can fill them out. A message for Lucas. The first thing is that you are to hear from God, hear God, and become a man. That's the theme always, become a man. First, you become a man. You hear from God. And I liked it, and the ones I picked out first is Samuel. Samuel was a young man. He heard from God. His, uh, his mother prayed for him. She couldn't have children. And Hannah, finally, God blessed her, and she was able to have uh, a son, Samuel. And so Samuel was kept home, and Hannah would go up to the uh, uh, place where God was, the tabernacle. But she left him home until he was old enough. We don't know how old that was. He was a very young man, though, when she took him and left him with the priest, who was Eli. And he was a very, very young man, and she left him all in the temple, in the temple by himself. And we see that story in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And it says here, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. So there was a tabernacle, a place, the temple wasn't built yet, and the tabernacle was Eli was the priest. And in there, God was in there. And it was a big, big tent where God was. And Samuel was a young man. We don't know if he was five, six, just young. But whatever he did, he helped Eli, the priest. He did all the service in the tent. He helped God. But it tells us the word of God was rare in those days. We have the Bible. The Bible, every day we could read it. But then God didn't speak that much, as we think he did. So in the temple, just imagine there's Eli lighting the candles, taking care of whatever he's supposed to. Samuel helped that. He's running around, young boy helping him. And, and I love this because God, in this passage, you should know, God actually rejects Eli, the priest, who is not serving God right. He's doing wrong. We don't have to get into it. And God chooses to call and speak to a young boy. The young boy didn't know God, never heard from God. He just knew what his parents had told him, what Eli had told him, and he was good, and he just did. And he was in this tent. That's the story here. And he says, and he was ministering to the Lord for Eli, doing whatever. And it came about, at the time Eli was lying in his place, now Eli's eyesight had begun to grow dim. He couldn't see well. He was laying down, going to sleep at night. Everything was done. And it says, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. God was still had the glory in the tent. So in the tent, there was the glory of God, there was Eli, and there was little Samuel running around, doing whatever he was told. Hadn't heard from God. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. I didn't mention the ark was there as well, which is where God was with the ark. So we got a tent, we got the glory of God, we got the ark, we got Eli laying there, and then we have Samuel, the young boy going to sleep. That's the scene at night. And it says, then the Lord called to Samuel. And he said, here I am. So in the middle of the night, Samuel's laying, sleeping. All of a sudden, he hears a voice. Samuel. Huh? Yeah, sure. Eli. What do you want? Get out of here, kid. What are you bothering me for? Go back to sleep. I didn't call you. I thought I heard you call. Go back to sleep. Anyway, so Samuel goes back to bed. <clears throat> Verse, uh, where are you? Five. Uh, yeah, then he, he, the first time. Here I am, for you called me. I didn't call you, so he went and lay down. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. 
So Samuel arose, bothered Eli again. He's trying to get some sleep. Here I am for you called me, but I didn't call you, my son. Lie down again. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The young boy didn't know the Lord, never heard from God. All he knew is obey my mom, obey my family, obey Eli, and do what I'm called to do. Samuel didn't know the Lord yet. So, Samuel, uh, so the Lord called Samuel again a third time, came to Eli and shook him. Here I am, you called me. Then Eli, oh, what a dumb cuff. Okay, Eli, he said, oh, it's not me. I can't believe it. God won't speak to me anymore. But this young kid, God in heaven is talking to him. He doesn't know him. He's just a boy. God's saying, Samuel. And so he says, Eli says, listen, next time you hear that voice, don't wake me up again. I'm tired. No. He says, go lie down again. And if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place again. Here's the first step in becoming a man. Then the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded and said, speak, for your servant is listening. The first thing I say to you is listen for the voice of God. Samuel laid there. He was lying there, paying, just doing what he was supposed to. He was a good boy, followed his mom, did what she said, did what Eli said, and God saw a good man and called him. And God is calling Lucas. God's saying, Lucas, hear me. Listen. More than any other voice, your friends are going to call you. A lot of people out there are going to tempt you and call you. God's calling you at a young age. That's the beauty of the Bible. God calls young people. Who's going to respond? Verse 10. Then Samuel listened. Actually, it says here, he grew, and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall. He grew. How do you grow? I'll tell you how you grow. You read God's word to hear what he says. You talk to him every day. It doesn't have to be a big prayer. You come and worship at services. You obey God. You do what God has asked you to do. You will grow, and you will win favor with God. The amazing thing is that when you listen to God, you know what he does? He tells you more. Most people say, why isn't God talking to me? I said, you're not listening. You don't respond. You respond to God, he responds to you. If you say no and don't hear God, God says, have a good time. Enjoy yourself. I've tried to talk to you. Nothing's getting through. God gets through if you listen. He grew with favor with God. And I like his, where it says, and God let none of his words fall. Actually, the whole of Israel started noticing this young man, God's choice. God's hand was on him. And it says, and all Israel from Dan, that's the, the uh, phrase in the Bible, Dan, the highest in the north, Beersheba in the south, that means the whole land. All of Israel, uh, it said, they knew that Samuel was confirmed as the prophet of God. So he listened, and he responded. Second, first, I want you to listen to when God speaks to you. Second, I want you to hear the words of King David. First, listen like Samuel. Second, hear from what David says. Uh, Samuel was the prophet. Then Samuel died, and the kingdom was taken over by King David. David took over the kingdom of God. He had a great kingdom. He built it up. He solidified it. He, went, uh, he spread it all out. He took over the whole kingdom. And then David was about to die. And he was passing on this great, great kingdom 
that he had just established, great to his son Solomon, young Solomon. Hear what David said to his youngest son, not his youngest son, his son Solomon. David says, he spoke to him. He says, now this whole kingdom that I have is for you. But look what he says. First Kings 2. And David, as David's time to die drew near, he charged Solomon his son saying, I am going the way of all flesh. I'm going to die, King David says. Be strong, therefore, prove yourself to be a mensch, a man. This is what it means to be a man, David says. Doesn't mean to follow your friends and, your, and all your peers and everybody else. That's easy, and that's what we want to do. We don't want to be different. David says, do you want to be a man? You want to be successful with God? You want to be uh, with favor with God? This is how you do it. You know, I tell people, how to be, what is success? Let me tell you what success is. It's not, it's not making a lot of money, not being powerful. This is success for everybody. Finding out God's will for your life and doing it, period. That's success. Finding out God's will. David told his son Solomon, you're getting this great kingdom, greatest kingdom Israel's ever had. Here's how you get success as a king. And look what he says. Therefore, prove yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord. The most important thing to do is obey God. The only way to obey God is you have to know what he says. You have to be in his word. You've got to be talking to him. Hear what he has to say. It says, to walk in God's ways, keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimony. More than anything in the world, and it's so hard for young people, it's hard for adults to say, I'm going to follow God no matter what the cost. When I first got saved, back in 1972, the first week, I felt God saying to me, he says, follow me, obey me. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. You and I, you could be alone, but follow me. And I tried to determine at that point, I was always going to follow God. And God says, follow, uh, David says this, Solomon, follow his commandments, his ordinances, his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed. There's the key. The key to success that you may succeed in all that you do. You obey him, you walk with him, you do for God, you're, you follow him. You listen to God's word like Samuel did. You prove yourself a man, as David said, by keeping and obeying God's commandments. Here's a third king I'll mention quick. Three, be zealous like Joash. Let me hear, raise your hand if you ever heard of Joash. You better all raise your hand. It means you're not reading the Bible if you don't raise your hand. Okay, all right. Joash was one of the good kings of Israel. There's only, how many good kings in Judah? Anyone? Eight. Good, right? There's only eight. Joash was a good king in Israel. What made him good? Lucas, you listen like Samuel. You hear from David to be a man. And it says, be zealous like uh, Joash. What does it mean to be zealous? Be quick to want to do what God asks you to do. Saturday morning, be quick. I can't wait to get to services. Be quick to do it. That's zealous. Be quick in the morning. You know what zealous means? To make sure you get up in the morning or afternoon at night and read the word. Zealous to do it. I have a feeling if you wait till late at night and you're falling asleep, I don't know if you're zealous. Someone's going to rebuke me for that. But anyway, um, anyway, uh, zealous, be quick to do the things of God. This king was quick. He was anxious, very, very anxious 
in a good way, to do the things of God. And it says about him, it says, Joash, when he was seven years old, young, God's always picking young people. It's cool. He can pick you older ones too, okay? He can, he can save you when you're older, and he can still do some things with you too. But God likes to start with the young. And he says, when seven-year-olds, he, he reigned 40 years in Israel, one of the longer ones. It says who his mother's name was. It says, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord. That means he was a good king. Eight of them. And it always tells you usually what they do that was right. This guy was zealous, it said somewhere else. He was zealous and quick to do the things of God, even at a young age. And it says, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of this priest. Now it came about that when Joash decided to restore the house of the Lord, that's what his key was. What did Joash do? As soon as he became king, the first thing he was quick. The temple of God had been destroyed. There was idols in it. It was a mess. It wasn't kept up because the king before him was no good. What is the first thing he did? He quick, he was anxious and quick. Let's fix up the temple of God. Why? Because that meant the people could come and worship. He was quick to do it. He wanted the people to worship God. He wanted to serve God and fix up the temple. It's always, I often used to say, why, why is it always such a big deal? As soon as they become good, they fix the temple. Well, because as soon as they, that's where God was then. They wanted to serve God in the temple. They wanted to restore worship. And they, they wanted to build God's work. Joash was a good king because he wanted to build up the temple of God, which meant serve God in the temple, build it up, and make sure the people are worshiping. You want to hear from, like Samuel, you want to hear David's words and obey God. You want to be quick, anxious, like Joash, last king. You want to seek God like Uzziah. I like these, these kings that we don't even know about, Uzziah. Good king. They all did something bad, but he was characterized as a good king. He sought God. And it says here, all the people took Judah, uh, the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old. It's always remarkable how young these young men are that God's picking. 16 years old, and in place of his father, Amaziah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years, the second longest in Israel, this king. And it says, uh, it always tells his mother's name. I'm not quite sure why yet. But anyway, uh, maybe it's saying the influence of a good mother. Uh, we're not going there. He did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He had done right. What made him do right? Look in verse 5. He continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah. Good phrase. He sought God in the days of Zechariah. Who was Zechariah? Zechariah was the prophet who was telling the people what God had to say. What did this king? The king who could kill Zechariah, who could kill all the people. The king humbled himself and said, what does God have to say? He sought God through the prophet. You know how we seek God today? Through the prophets. Where's the prophet speak, everyone? If you're not reading, you're not seeking God. If you're not reading, you're not seeking God. This king was a good king. He sought God in the days of Zechariah. He listened to the prophet. He listened to the word of God. He sought him. He read the word by hearing Zechariah. He prayed. That's how you do it. Lucas, to you today, listen like Samuel did. Obey like David told his son Solomon. 
be zealous, quick, like King Joash, and seek God, like Uzziah. Seek him all the way. The way you seek him, get up in the morning. Fran tells me a story. My wife tells me a story. That when her brother came home and said he believed in the Lord, and Fran's mother, or as a father, said, you can't read the Bible and you can't go there and you got to give up your faith. This was before Elsie knew the Lord. And they were against him. Fran's older brother, Joe. And you know, every night when no one was around, where they'd find him? On his knees by his bed, praying and reading, falling asleep. That's seeking God. Young man. And because of Joe, Fran's brother, he stayed on his knees, and he prayed, and he read, despite what his mom and dad forbid him to. Because of that, Fran's mom got saved, Fran got saved, her other brother got saved, and their father got saved. That's what you do. You listen like Samuel. You become a mensch, and you obey God like David said. You're zealous like Joash, and you, you seek God. Listen to what he said here. Last thing, follow along. What did Lucas tell us today, everyone? I'll tell you what he said in very, very brief form that he said. He told us to believe in God's servant. He picked passages, believing God. He picked, there's a, there, in the book of Isaiah specifically, there's a message of the servant of God, the servant of the Lord. That's a famous phrase. The people across the parking lot, the Chabad, If you walked over there and said, can you talk to me about the servant of the Lord? They would tell you. The servant of the Lord or the servant songs are found in Isaiah. It speaks about the servant of God. The big question is, who is the servant? The people in Chabad talk about the servant of the Lord. We talk about the servant of the Lord. I've had discussions with rabbis about the servant of the Lord. It's well known to everybody. The question is, who is the servant of the Lord? When I talked to the rabbi years ago, We agreed. Isaiah speaking speaking about the servant of the Lord. Who is the servant of God? Great passages. One of the first passages that he shared with today. uh, Isaiah 42. Fill in your outlines. That says the servant will set you free. Isaiah 42. Behold my servant. Everyone agrees. Chabad me all agree. The servant. Who is this servant? Is the question. My servant whom I uphold. My chosen one in whom my soul delights. God says, I will put my spirit on him. Now, the Jewish people say the, the him, the servant, is Israel. We believers say the servant is Yeshua, the Messiah. That's where we disagree. But it tells us of this him, the singular. They say it's corporate Israel. It stands for singular. It says, he will bring forth justice to the nations. Now, I love my people. I love Israel. I love the Old Testament. Israel was supposed to bring forth justice to the nations, but they didn't. They turned away from God. They worshiped idols. God judged them and disciplined them. See, the real picture in the Bible is Israel was supposed to be the servant of God. And they fell short. So one of Israel's chosen ones from the seed of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, One of their chosen ones would be the servant to represent all of Israel. That servant would be the perfect one. That servant would be the prophet. 
that servant would be the seed of God who would come and bring justice for the nations. Where Israel was supposed to be, their hero, their leader, their Messiah, their servant would do it. That servant is Yeshua. And it says, he will bring forth justice to the nations. He won't cry out. It gives a little bit, a quick flash of Yeshua's life. It says, he'll bring forth justice. He won't cry out, raise his voice. He, mo- he won't make his voice heard in the streets. Yeshua quietly stood before Pilate, stood before the Jewish leaders. Why won't you answer and say it, bring anything to these charges? And it says, Yeshua didn't answer a word. He was quiet. He came and he was the servant of God. And it says, a bruised reed. In other words, he'll build up and protect the weak and set us free. A bruised reed, he will not break a dimly burning wick. You see that wick, that fire, just about to go out. What do we do? What do we do? You can't blow on it. That'll go out. You can't, we, we'll snuff it out. Not the servant. The servant sees that weak person, sets him free. Encourages him or builds up to the light. Bruce Reed, he will not break. Dimly burning wick, he won't extinguish. He will bring forth justice. He will bring forth justice to everyone. Listen to this servant. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he established justice on the earth. And all the coastlands, even the Gentiles, Jewish and Gentile people, will wait expectantly for his law. I am the Lord. I've called you in righteousness. God called the servant to be the light to the world. He says, I will call you in righteousness. I'll hold you with my hand. I will watch over you. I will appoint you. It's a great phrase. God speaks of the servant. I'm sending you the servant as promised to our people Israel. A covenant I made with Israel. I send you as a covenant to my people. The servant who would be humble and set everyone free. It says, I will appoint you a covenant to the people. Also, what else will you do? Everyone tell me. What's it say? He'll bring a light to the Gentiles. The servant's going to come for both. I'll open the blind eyes. Bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. The servant will set us free. Second, the servant will suffer and be a humble servant. Isaiah 50, chapter 50, verse 4. Speaking about the servant again. The Lord has given me the tongue of a disciple, of the disciples, that I may sustain the weary one with a word. This is the history of Yeshua. This is telling us where our Jewish people think the Messiah would come in power and glory. He will come first to set the people free from their sin. He will come also here in a humble way. And the rest of the scripture tells us that where the Jewish people are expecting Messiah to come on a horse, on a white horse, and bring peace and glory throughout the earth, first the Messiah will come to suffer. And this tells us that he will suffer for our sins. He says, I'm the Lord, uh, no, the Lord, uh, he will sustain the weary one with a word. He wakens my mor- uh, me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to the listen as a disciple. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. This servant would be a humble servant that would follow God no matter what took place. That was the picture of a servant. I have his ear pierced, said he was faithful to his master. Yeshua came at the will of the Father to be humble and suffer and die for the sins of the world. And it says, I gave my back to those who strike me. This is picturing Yeshua's death and suffering. My cheeks to those who pluck out the beard which took place. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. He came humbly. 
The servant would come first to set us free. Second, he would come humbly. Third, he would set Israel free, or the servant would bring Israel to God. This is a great two verses in Isaiah 49. When I talked with the rabbi once, I came to verses 49, verses 5 and 6. And the rabbi and I went over these two verses. And I said to the rabbi in verse 5, And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be a servant. Everyone answer this question. This phrase I read to the rabbi. I said, Rabbi, who's the servant? What did the rabbi tell me? Israel. Everyone together. That's what the rabbi said. I said, no, rabbi. I think the servant here is Yeshua. He said, yeah, I know you think that. And I said, okay, let's read on. And it says, you formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob back to him. I said to the rabbi, who's Jacob? He said, Israel. Who's him? God. So you're telling me the servant who is Israel is going to bring Israel back to God? No, no. The servant can't be Israel. The servant's going to bring Israel, who's turned away, back to God. That's the purpose of the servant. And so I said to, again, we said, to bring Jacob back to God so that Israel might be gathered to him, for I'm honoring in the sight of the Lord my God. He says, it's too small a thing that you would be my servant just to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light to the... What is the servant going to do? Two things. The servant of God, who is Yeshua, he will suffer humiliation, but he will bring Israel back to God, and he will bring the Gentiles to God. The servant can't be Israel. Israel was called to be a servant, to be a light to the world. But Israel's representative, the Messiah, would be that. And it says, so I will bring you to be a light to the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The discussion in the scriptures is beautiful in Isaiah's servant songs. The last thing, and I'm going to summarize this one. I'm not going to read it. I've read it many times. The servant will be a sacrifice. And we see that in Isaiah chapter 53. We know the verse as well. Skip the first slide. Go to the next one because it's one of my favorites. The next slide. Verse 3. The servant. And this also I read with the rabbi. And it said, he was despised. Rabbi, who do you say that he is? Everyone? Israel, good. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face. He, Rabbi says, Israel, I said Messiah. He was despised, and we, I said, Rabbi, who's the we? The we is Israel. And I said to the rabbi, well, then the we can't be the he. He said, let me check. And he checked. And there are two different pronouns. I said, the we is Israel. He despises the Messiah. We, the Jewish people, did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he bore, our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken of God, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he, Yeshua, would be pierced through for our transgressions. He'd be crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging, his suffering, we are healed. All of us are like sheep. We've gone astray. We've turned each one to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of all of us to fall on him. You see, the Messiah would come. He'd be the servant of God. He'd set Israel free. He'd suffer humiliation. He would bring Israel and the Gentiles to God. He would be the servant of God. 
and he would suffer humiliation, and he would be a sacrifice. The conclusion, I ask you, I got a nice audience. You're all going to agree with me. Who could the servant be? As a young Jewish man, me, 1971 and 2, I knew who the servant was. I didn't like it. I didn't want to accept it. I was Jewish. A lot of your families are Jewish. But if I was honest with myself, and I was at that point, and God helped me, 1971 and 2, I was 22, 3, and 4, I realized who the servant of God was. It could only be one. That's when I put my trust in Yeshua. But I came to believe it. We conclude to Lucas this. We summarize. One, listen to God. Seek him. Be zealous. Be a man and obey God. Be just like Samuel and David and Joash and Uzziah. And then the message, everyone, that he gave us, that Lucas gave us. It says, believe in God's servant. The servant of God is Yeshua. Listen carefully to the words of Yeshua. As we close with Yeshua's words, Yeshua speaking to a Samaritan woman in the land of Samaria, north of Israel, uh, Jerusalem, a woman came to Yeshua and says, I know the Messiah is coming, and that one who comes, when, when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Yeshua looked at her and said, I who speak to you am he. I read those words. I can't, can you imagine being up there at that? This, I try to envision. You know, you know what's really cool? Let me tell you what's cool. I, these things really get to me when I read it in the Bible. Is If I was God, I would not do anything like this. Because I'm not God. I would uh, have lightning flashing. Here, here. Everyone, look. You, you know, Aladdin. You know, the genie. That would be me. That would be announcing Messiah. That's how the Messiah, you know, everyone, everyone, and all kinds of lights, not Yeshua. No one's around. He's in a wilderness by a well with a woman who's a Samaritan, who's hated, who's had five husbands, weren't her husbands. He's sitting there talking to them. This is how God reveals himself? Yeah, that's it. That's what makes God so cool. He does indeed flash little, little nothing. From that comes greatness. Yeshua says, I'm the Messiah. Who heard of this? I don't know how it ever got in the word. No one was around. Unless Yeshua said, John, would you write it down? Okay, good. Anyway, I don't know how it got in. But that's how God reveals himself. The sermon. I speak to you, me. Go tell the people. Anyway. Uh, 6, 28 and 29, my favorite. Yeshua talking to the Jewish community. They said to him, what shall we do that we might do the works of God to please God? Yeshua, here's the work of God. Did you want to do what God wants? You want to please God? It's really what he said. Believe in me. Huh? We want to work for God. We want to do something great. We want to get, earn God's favor and merit. And Yeshua looks at him and goes, believe in me. I'm the Messiah. That's the work of God. Nothing else. We want to work. We want to do something. That's what Yeshua answered. John 8, 12 as we were speaking about. Then Yeshua spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 27. Yeshua says, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 8, 24. Therefore I said to you, 
you're going to die in your sins unless you believe that I am he. And then my, my favorites, John eleven twenty five. Yeshua said to, uh, to a woman, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live, even if he dies. And finally, John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to God except through me. So I told Lucas what to do. Listen like Samuel. Hear from David. Be zealous like Joash. Seek God like Uzziah. What did he say? Believe on Yeshua, the servant of God. We see it in the scriptures in John 1. Yeshua said, it's our choice. But as many as believe in him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. That's our choice. Luke's message, believe in Yeshua. We're called to believe in him. Let's all bow for prayer. Father God, we thank you for today, your word. We thank you for the message from Lucas. We thank you that you encourage him to hear from you. Now, Lord, we pray for all those today that have never put their trust in Messiah, that today they might do that. That you, someone in your seat today, might say these words. God, I believe I've sinned. I believe Yeshua is the servant of God who would suffer humiliation and death for my sin. And I thank you that through Yeshua, I can come to God. I'd like to receive him now. Lord, we thank you for this words today. We ask all of this in Yeshua's name. Amen.